0: You're listening to the Habitology podcast with Melanie White and today I'm talking about how to start a health coaching business. When you're qualified as a health coach what are the steps that you need to take to get started? So many new coaches are confused about this. Should you set up a website? Should you hire your own business coach? And what should you do first? It can be really confusing especially if you've never run a business before. by the end of this episode, I hope that you'll have a really clear outline of how to start a health and wellness coaching business so that you can get clear on your priorities and start taking action. And if you are interested in getting some training on this and getting some support over 12 weeks in a live group coaching setting, I have my next intake of the Passion to Profit training course coming up soon at the end of September. So please go to the show notes and click on the link. So in this episode, we're going to start talking about what you need to do before you start your business, the first three essential foundational steps to starting a business and developing your marketing materials, sales funnel and offer. So let's start with the pre-work. It's tempting to think that you're going to just jump into starting your business, but there are actually some things that you need to do before you start and they're really important because if you don't do these things it's going to be pretty hard for you to succeed. I want to give you a bit of an analogy so that you really understand this. Imagine your business is a new puppy. You've just gone out and got a new puppy. It needs to be fed, given water, toilet trained, cuddled, trained to behave and nurtured so that it can grow into a happy healthy dog that knows how to behave. Think about the responsibility involved and the time and effort required to raise a puppy. Now, if you want to succeed in your business, you need to treat it the same way. You need to clear some time and space in your life and put in enough effort and dedication and commitment to that business to ensure it works. It's not a thing that you're just going to see how it goes. Imagine if you did that with a puppy. I'll just get this puppy and see how it turns out and see that whether I like it or not and feed it when I feel like it and you know that's not going to work. So be really clear that you have the time, space, energy and commitment to do it in the first place. The other part of it is that a lot of people are okay with planning in business, in many ways that's the easy bit, but they struggle to implement maybe due to their life circumstances What's going on right now? They're moving house or going through a divorce or something, or they've had some personal trauma that is a bit of a block for them doing something entrepreneurial, or maybe trying to do too many things at once or simply just not dedicating enough time or being realistic about what can be achieved. I know a lot of people trying to work full time, study full time, and start a business. Not going to happen, let me just say. And Other people don't do enough research or define or commit to a niche or a clearly defined problem that exists in the world that they can solve and that means that they don't have a clear value proposition and their marketing efforts are vague and ineffective. So if you want to start a business you need to have probably at least five to six hours per week to get started increasing over several months To allow you enough time and energy and focus to start and develop your business. Now, this isn't something you can just look at your calendar and say, oh, I can find an hour here and an hour there. You actually need to be in a creative headspace. You need to be focused. You need to be energized to make the most of that time. So, if you're trying to cram in an hour around running after kids or a school drop off, it's going to be really hard for you to make that switch. And I've seen a number of coaches in that position. So you really have to think about time that you can set aside to absolutely 100%, be energised and focused to work on your business. It's not just looking at your calendar. It's truly thinking about setting aside the time that you can commit and be totally present. Now let's talk about the foundational steps, the three foundational steps that you need to do after you've done that pre-work. And that pre-work is essential. The first foundational step is to define what your business stands for. That's your business vision and values and perhaps even your mission. I mean, like any good roadmap, you need to start with the end in mind. What is it you're trying to achieve? Why does the business exist? What does it stand for? What will it bring to the world in terms of results and outcomes? If you get that right, then you'll be able to attract the right kind of clients who are ready, willing and able to change. You'll be able to prioritise your daily work and feel motivated to show up each week to run your business, to promote your business. You'll have clarity. I know how important this is for me. My vision and values create the compass that help me work out whether something is worth pursuing or not. Every decision in my business is linked to this, be that whether I develop a program or not and what kind it is, whether I pursue a contact that I'm introduced to and why or why not, and how I feel the client inquiry and whether they're the right person for me or not. Because I have this vision and values around what I want to bring to the world and how I do that, it makes it really easy for me to prioritise things, to make decisions And to focus on what's going to get me the best return and results. So that's the first bit. The second thing you need to do as a foundational step is to define your value proposition. That means why you? What are people going to get from working with you and doing your program? And you also need to define your offer which has its own value proposition. And that is what is the thing that they buy. So there's your offer and there's the value and the outcome and results of that offer to the person buying it. So these things are really important because they allow you to explain the value of what you do, to explain what you do and how you help people and it gives you a sense of value in your own work and confidence in your ability to invite clients to work with you. Imagine if you knew exactly how you can help people, for example You can help people to lose weight and feel better about themselves and make more time for healthy eating and exercise so that they have more energy and more confidence to go out and be social with their friends. That's one type of a value proposition that your program might deliver. Value propositions are really important and in the words of one of my recent passion to profit students who developed her value proposition she said I actually really enjoyed the exercise I go back to this value proposition regularly just checking in on some of the points it centers me back into the why and what it kind of helps get those creative juices going thinking of how to piece together information for marketing. So every service that you offer is going to have its own value proposition. I've just kind of talked through one example. Now I want to talk through a couple more and show you the difference between different types of value proposition. I've done a whole podcast on this as well so you probably want to refer back to that one. The value proposition for an eight-week coaching program might be something about creating a transformation of some kind and a path to rapid change. So for people who want to lose weight or want to overcome a challenging period of stress in their life or something like that or go from couch to 5K, that kind of thing, people who want to make a big shift in their life are going to work intensely and be committed to an eight-week program. So the value of proposition of that is about the transformation that they would go through. You could compare that to the value proposition of a monthly membership which is a very different thing. That m- membership might be something that's offered after an 8 week program or to people that just need a lower level of support and the value proposition might be about helping people to stay on track and be consistent and through that process, develop deeper insights and changes that help them to become their future self and change their identity. So that's a longer term, more gradual method of supporting people and providing accountability. So they're both very generic examples. You'd want to be way more specific and relevant to your niche, but you can see or hear more specifically that the value of either of those is clear And it will appeal to different people depending on which stage of change they're at and what type of result they get. In order to get your value proposition right for each service that you offer, you need to speak to your target market and understand the result and type of support that they want, need and will pay for. And your value proposition is based around those things. You can do that in casual conversations, free coaching sessions, or even in social media on, in, on social media in conversations with people in groups or forums. One last thing to say about this, and I know people might be going, oh, I don't want to narrow down a niche or I don't want to be too specific. Think about the concept of tribe building. A tribe is a group of people who come together for a common purpose or shared goals. If you're not specific enough about what your program delivers or who it's for, then you won't be able to build a tribe effectively. It's just marketing 101 and human nature 101. So please be sure to be specific and just offer one type of service initially. The third foundational step is to outline what you're going to charge for your program or membership or whatever that first service is and how many you need to sell to meet your income goal. It's really just simple math and it's about getting clear about your income and and the timing of delivery of services. So, for example, let's say that your income goal is to earn $100,000 per year from coaching. You can do that in a number of ways. You could sell two $50,000 programs, and they'd probably run for about a year, being that price, and they would probably quite transformational and intense. Or you could sell $10,000 programs. Once again, that's quite an investment, so they would probably be 8 to 12 months long. And fairly transformational or personalized. Or you could sell 100 thousand dollar programs. They might, might be a series of group coaching programs that you run in school terms and or a few individual programs. Or you could sell 208 memberships at $40 per month assuming people stick around for 12 months. It could be any combination of those But starting out, you'll probably pick one of those types of models. And they're just examples, but it's important that you get clear on what you're offering and the price point initially. Focusing on doing one thing really well, for example, an eight-week program or a 10-week program or something like that that has either a group or a one-to-one option would be a really good starting point. And you'd focus on selling that one program, becoming good at it, becoming known for it, and learning much more about your audience so you can offer other services that complement that and or are more specialized. So getting at one service in your price point and the number you need to sell really clear up front is very important because that sets the scene for marketing. Once you've done those three tasks you're ready for other business building tasks which revolve around developing your offers, your marketing material and your sales funnel. So that's the next four points I'm going to cover. You can create what's called a splinter service or a taster service, which is a low risk way for people to try working with you before they commit big money. And this is actually a paid service of somewhere between $27 to $97. The marketing gurus say that if someone spends as little as a dollar with you, they're more likely to buy something more expensive. So that splinter service is the first and lowest cost offer, and it should offer some tangible value to the audience. You're probably going what value can I give in one session? Well it could also be perhaps not one session but a short challenge over several days. It could be something like that but the idea is that the person gets a taste of coaching. Hopefully they get an aha moment which is the first condition of change. Something's not right and I need to make some changes and maybe they get an understanding of what they need to commit to in terms of the steps for making change going forward. And think about the value of that. They've become self-aware. That's really the nutshell. And once you're self-aware, you're in a position to decide if you're ready, willing and able to change right now or not and whether they want to do it with you. So that's the goal of that splinter service is for them to have a low-risk, low-cost sample of working with you so that they can feel The idea of change and decide whether they're ready to do it with you or not. Once you have a splinter session worked out you can decide what your free thing is going to be and this is a lead magnet also known as. could be a Facebook group that people have to exchange an email address for to join. It could be a free challenge, it could be a webinar that you run or a talk that you do regularly. And the reason that you have this free thing or could also be an ebook that people can download or a video series that they can watch but need to sign up for. Most people need to spend time getting to know you before they'll spend anything with you, especially when it's a personal service like coaching. Even your splinter service might be too big of a risk for a person who doesn't know you. So the free thing gives people a chance to get to know you and it's free and therefore no risk. You need to make sure that the free thing that you offer is something that plays to your strengths so that you can keep showing up and offering value. For example, if you hate going onto Facebook, don't try and set up a Facebook group. It's not going to work. You won't show up and therefore people will think you're unreliable and untrustworthy. If you're someone that loves speaking, for example, you could do YouTube or Insta Reels or live workshops or challenges, for example. If you're a writer then maybe you have an email list where you write blogs and articles and send people the links to those in your email and talk about topics of interest. Make sure you work to your strength and make sure that your offers, your free things, give real value to the audience. You don't want to give away all of your goodies but you want to help people to start forming habits, to start thinking about the pros and cons of change and to start getting some ideas on why those things matter. And this is relevant for people um, that might want to form a specific habit like giving up alcohol, developing a meditation practice, quitting sugar, starting to exercise, learning techniques to manage stress or something else that's going to help them achieve their ultimate aim. If the people you work with can get some quick wins on the free thing and some insights into the possibilities that change could offer, then they're going to be more likely to keep going with you and want to go the full journey in your program or at least consider your splinter service. Once you've got the free thing and the splinter mapped out, it's time to create a marketing schedule for visibility and awareness. So the schedule that you create has three aims. Firstly, it helps you to become visible and build awareness of how you help people. Secondly, it ensures that you show up consistently with your marketing and that consistency allows you to build trust rapport and interest that lead to inquiries and to ensure that they are regularly that you are regularly making free and paid offers so people have something to buy i can't think of the number of coaches i've met who don't post offers and don't have any clients you have to actually make the offer So your marketing schedule initially is going to start with regular posts or content on a social media platform and or regular networking events that introduce you to your niche or people who could refer you to clients. You don't have to do social media. You can focus on face-to-face and networking. Pick one and do it well. Don't try to do a hundred things in a hundred places. You'll just be spread thin and ineffective. Start with one or two tactics and give them a red hot go for at least six months. You need enough time to see what works, to test and measure as you go and for people to get to know you. You can focus on building connections first and building an audience over one to three months. Don't start making offers right away, you actually need to build the audience first. Then start promoting your offers once you have an audience and as I said it will probably take you one to three months. If you have a viable niche and if you're being consistent and showing up regularly. And when you do these activities be it posting online or running live events, part of that initial process when you're starting out will be experimenting to see what sticks. You'll be shaping your content around the feedback that you get and the interest and engagement, and that will help you to build your audience better and faster. So don't worry about selling anything initially. Get to know your people, build connections and build that trust and rapport, shaping the content to suit what they're really interested in. And when you've built the audience, you're ready to start making offers. Uh, that might be fortnightly or monthly promotions for your free lead magnet, be that a challenge or a group or webinar or email list or um, ebook or whatever it is. And then also offer your paid program or membership or whatever your core service is or your splinter. So there's two types of offers the free ones and then the paid ones. Only do them after you've built the audience. Remember that people that sign up for your lead magnet, your free thing, should be offered the next level of service soon after the lead magnet's been delivered. For example, if your lead magnet is a downloadable ebook, you'd make another offer for a good fit call within a few days. But if your lead magnet is a live challenger workshop, you'd probably make the next offer for your program, for example, at the end of that challenger workshop. Trust, rapport and relationship are built more quickly in a live environment so with your lead magnets it's easier to make a bigger offer and to do it sooner in the live environment. If you plan carefully you could then make an intake where that's a formal start date or week for your first offer so that you can manage your work time if you're working at the same time as building your business. A lot of people ask me about this so Let's say you're working full time and you're thinking gee how am I going to get clients and make it work and do two things at once. Well perhaps you're going to offer a group coaching program or individual clients on a Saturday morning or on Wednesday nights or whatever it is and so you promote that time slot, fill that group or those slots and then you run the program and use the feedback you get to refine it if if needed and then you can build on that. So perhaps you can run two groups on a Saturday, for example. And over time, you'll start to build momentum and traction and income such that you can start looking at how you pair back from your day job. That's a great way to do it is to look at your available time and work with that and offer sessions in those slots for a period until you become known and confident and competent at delivering your programs. Now, there's one last point to make on how to run a coaching business. Make sure that your systems are in order so that you can deliver on those elements. You're going to need some basic essential systems like an email system, an invoicing and bank reconciliation system, some client onboarding processes, program delivery processes, feedback and improvement processes, and your marketing schedule and any processes around that. So this overview I've just described Seven points covers the key things that you need to do at a very high level to build a successful coaching business. And so to wrap up today's episode, I've covered a lot of stuff, but this is actually the outline of the Passion to Profit course. And I know through experience that if you want to build a successful health coaching business, you need to get a few things in order first and complete some foundational tasks just to make sure you are ready and committed to building Your business with enough time, energy and consistency. Then you'll need to do those three foundational tasks which involve research to create a vision, mission and define a viable niche who wants to spend money with you and will help you to meet your income goals. Part of that is developing some value propositions that make it really clear and easy as to who's buying from you and what they're going to get for that. Finally, when you have a clear knowledge of who you're speaking to and how you help them, you're ready to create free offers, marketing materials, and build out your sales funnel in a way that will help people to get to know you and like you and trust you enough to then want to work with you and take up your offers. Wow, we covered some stuff. And the reason I'm talking about this now particularly is that my next Passion to Profit course starts on the 27th of September. So in the show notes, I'm including a link where you can learn more about the course, and you're welcome to book a free call with me if you want more information. Otherwise, I hope to see you in the course or I hope that you have success in starting your business. Do the foundational tasks first. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye for now.